he blindly has a hundred percent bitachon in Hashem and follows in the ways of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Midah Keneged Midah works within that way above nature. Wherever you get your podcasts from or our own website, prismoftorah.com. This is the Prism of Torah with Rabbi Saf Aaron Prisman. This week, Parshas Lech Lecha, Beyond Nature. Shalom to everyone. In this week's Parsha Parshas Lech Lecha, we have the famous Nisayon for Avraham Avinu. HaKadosh Buchu tells him, pack, pack your bags and leave. Lech Lecha, Me'altzecha, leave your hometown and go to the place I will show you. The question I've raised several times, I want to raise it again. Is that such a big Nisayon that we know that's one of the ten Nisayonists that Avraham Avinu was faced with? I don't know about you, but if HaKadosh Buchu would come to me and say, please, I want you to leave from your own hometown city and go to a different place, to a different country, it might not be so simple, but of course I would do it because HaKadosh Buhu is telling me to do so. The same question, Agav, can be asked in other Nisiones that Avam had. One of them was the Bris Mila. To do Bris Mila at such an old age is not so simple, but at the end of the day, if HaKadosh Buhu tells you to do that, it's pretty evident that you will do that. So why is that such a big Nisayan? And even the the Nisayan that we're all familiar with, Akeda Sitzchak, that HaKadosh Buch requested him to bring up his own son, Yitzchak, as a sacrifice to HaKadosh Buch even that, maybe it's not such an easy thing to do, but at the end of the day, HaKadosh Buch is telling him to do that. So it's, isn't it obvious he should do that? So there's several answers to this question we raised in previous years. But I want to raise with you I want to raise one Nikuda that I think, from this perspective, answers everything and a lot more, Amir Tzashem. The Nikuda is the following. We all know that Avram Avinu represents the Midah of Chesed. The Amud of Chesed. So, a person that has the nature, his Shorish Neshama is built of Chesed, having Rachmanus in people, wanting to do Chesed to people, so the biggest nisan for such a person is to go against his teva, against his nature of doing chesed and being, being merciful towards others and doing something that is more on the side of gvura, something that is exactly from a certain perspective on the surface, the opposite of chesed but gvura. And that's exactly all the nisanians that Avraham Avinu had. Why? The easiest one to understand is Akeda Sitzchak. To slaughter someone, to bring a person as a sacrifice, that's pretty intense on the side of the Gvura. It's true, HaKadosh Baruch is telling him to do that, but that's exactly the opposite of his nature. He is all about having chesed for people, and here he's doing an act of sacrificing someone. Despite the fact that it was against his teva, he totally was able to say, Amachniya myself, all I care about is HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I have 100% bitachon in Hashem, and I am doing what Hashem requested me to do. And it wasn't easy for him. But because he had such a high level of bitachon, he was able to do so. Let's not forget, HaKadosh Baruch Hu promised him that he'll have such a big offspring, and they could only come from Yitzchak. And the only one that they could come from, is telling him to slaughter him, and still he's doing it. Why? Because Avram Avinu was able to go beyond nature, above his teva. Why? Because he had 100% bitachon in the Kodesh Bochu. Now you're going to ask me, okay, what about the other two Nisiones you mentioned? So at first glance, it's, it's 
really hard to understand why Pemet is that in the Sion. But according to what we're saying, we can add the following. That really, Avram Avinu, all he wanted to do is get to do the biggest act of chesed. What is the biggest act of chesed a person can do? He can bring, bring people towards Hashem. To be just like a Kaddish Baruch who created the world, to be native, to do good for us, so that we'll be zoichen oilam haba. So too, Avraham Avinu wanted to be part of that. He wanted to get people to recognize what he was the first in the world to be able to do. And he recognized on his own that Kaddish Baruch who created the world. And he wanted to be mashpia and give that over to others. So as we know, the Midrash says, when he had guests over, he made them to say, he asked them to say thank you to Hashem for the food he has, etc., etc. And that's what Avram Avinu do, did. He was the first, him and his wife, as we know, they created people because they were bringing them closer to Hashem. And therefore, they were the first in history big Kiruv movement. And therefore, these Nisiyonis, what Hashem, you want me to leave my hometown? I created such an empire here, have such an organization of Kiruv. So many people because of me are closer to you. If I leave, who knows what's going to happen? And he wanted to continue that because that's the biggest chesed he can do. And despite that fact, Hashem said, I want you to leave. So Avon Vinu says, okay, HaKadosh Bucha, I'm in you. It's not so easy for me, but I'm going to go no matter what you tell me, to, no matter where you tell me to go. The same can be said about the bris milah. He's going to do an act of a bris milah. He has so many followers. That's going to be the weirdest act. How can you make yourself bleed in such a place? And yet he does that because he blindly trusts HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Again, this is also an act of Gvur, the opposite of Chesed. But he's doing it. Why? For the, for the only reason that HaKadosh Baruch Hu asked him to do it. And he has 100% Pitachon in Hashem. Even though logically to him it seems that he won't, he won't, he'll have less people going in the ways of Hashem. And also it's against his nature, which is Nakuda we're bringing. He wants to do chesed. He wants to bring people closer to Hashem. And by doing such a thing as a bris milah, at first glance, it seems like, well, this is going to take me further away from chesed. I'll be able to, I'll have a less of an ability to be mashpia, people again closer to Hashem, which is all what chesed is all about. My daughter over here is listening to me in real time and she wants to add even more. She said that she learned that Harei, what was Avraham Avinu doing? At that time, there was a very strong urge to do Avodah And people were sacrificing their own children to different gods. And Avraham Avinu said, that's ludicrous, that's crazy, what are you doing? And now Avraham Avinu himself is going to do such a thing in Akedah Sitzchak? That is really against going against this Teva. He just... Preach to everyone how that's not what the real God, what, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu would want. And suddenly he's doing that. So it's mamish going against nature. And yet still he blindly trusted HaKadosh Baruch because he had such a high level in Bitochon. So why am I saying this right now and in this Parsha? So the reason is because as we know HaKadosh Baruch Hu is with us the same way we are with him. Which is known as Midah Keneged Midah. But over here I was, I learned... And I've mentioned uh, Rav Boyer many times, and he taught me the following aside, that there's different mahalchim, different ways that Kaddish Buhu works with us. But if a person is to the extreme, goes against his teva, or me'ala teva, something that's above nature, he blindly has a hundred percent pitachon in Hashem, and follows in the ways of a Kaddish Buhu. A person like that, a Kaddish Buhu also 
Mida Keneged Mida works within that way above nature. Meaning his whole Mahalach, even in this world, is Bederich Nisit in, in miracles. And where do we see that? We see that with Avraham Avinu. We see it in several places. I'll just mention two instances. One, we already saw Rashi mentioned us, I think, mentioned to us last week's parsha at the end of Parshas Noyach, that Avram was thrown into the fire by Nimoid. Because we know the father of Avram, Terach, he told Nimoid about what happened, that Avram broke all the statues that he had. As a result of that, Nimoid threw into the fire. And what happened? Again, what happened? He was able to get out of there without a scratch. How did that happen? Because the Hanhaga of HaKadosh Buhu, the Avram Avinu, was Me'ala Teva. was above nature. And therefore, it was a huge miracle. And we know more of a, the contrast to that is that his brother Haran wanted to do the same thing. For him, it didn't work. Why not? Because he didn't have the same bitachon as Omaminu. He only went in there because Avram was, was saved. Another place we see this Me'alateva Mahalach that HaKadosh Buchu was with Avram Avinu. We see in our Parsha. In our Parsha, we know there was a major war between the four kings, the five kings. And they were very mighty, obviously, if you see the context of the, of the Chumash. Because Lot was captured, again, because of Midas HaChesed, Avram Avinu ran to save him, despite the fact that within nature there was, the, the odds were totally against him. How in the world could he and his helpers beat these kings and get Lot and save Lot? But yet, HaKadosh Buhu, we all know the Midrash says how it happened, but at the end of the day, it was a huge miracle because HaKadosh Buhu works with Avram Avinu, Me'ala Teva. To that, I want to be Moisif, something also I heard in the Boyer's Shir, that we see another instance that screams out about this Yesoid. And actually, I saw it Mefurish in the Beis HaLevi that I'll quote later on. And that was Yosef. Yosef also was able to go against his nature because he had a very high level of bitachon nekodesh bohu. Where do you see that? Throughout the Parshas later on, we'll see towards the end of Bereshis, that Yosef blindly realized everything is happening for a reason. He had, until he became second to the king in Mitzrayim, he did not have an easy time at all. He was sold to the Ishmaelim and to the Egyptians, etc., etc. He was a slave here, slave there. He was thrown into jail, but the whole time, you see that he he was glowing because, he, and, and, and Hashem's name was within his mouth because he was always close to Hashem and butach Hashem and realized that life, as we know, is just one big optical illusion and it's all a means for us to get closer to Hashem and do Torah and mitzvahs, etc., etc. Seeing that he realized that, he had 100% bitachon. And even when he had the most difficult nisyonis, like the wife of Poitifar, he did not fall into the trap of being with her, but rather he ran away from her. By the way, the Ksav Soifer asks, why did he let her take a piece of his clothing? That's going to frame him. Why didn't he just fight her back and take it away? And the answer is because he had such a strong he appreciated everything that that family gave him that he wasn't able to do that. So that wasn't even an option. But bracket that idea. Let's continue. He, was, he fought against his nature and he always had 100% pitachwin. And because he was on such a high level, HaKadosh Buhu was with him also on such a high level. We see that in different places. I'll just mention one. 
Also, Rashi on the Chumash later on tells us, in Parshas Miketz, the nation, the nation was screaming out to Paro for bread. And Paro says to everyone, go speak to Yosef. Whatever he says, do it, do. Do as he says. So Rashi says, because Yosef said, you want food? No problem, do a bris milah. And they came to Paro, they said, what? That's what we need to do? We needed to do a bris milah? Now Yosef's sole idea of getting them to do bris milah is because he wanted their, his brothers not to be embarrassed that they had a bris milah. But at the end of the day, they were cry, the Egyptians were crying to Paro, why do we have to listen to him? So Paro said to them, wait a second, why didn't you realize that there was going to be a big famine? Yosef told us that, so why didn't you take all your food and put it in the storage rooms? And they said, we did. But Yosef's lasted and ours went bad. And if you think about it, they didn't have fridges in those days. How come Yosef didn't go bad and theirs did? So Ashi over there says that Moshe said, uh, sorry, that Yosef said that theirs should go bad and he was able to have the power to do that because Yishbuchu gave him the ability to make exer that will happen and his didn't. But the mere fact that his didn't, things run eventually. How come his was able to be for so many years and not go bad? Why? Again, we come to this idea that he was able because he was oived Hashem me'ala teva HaKadosh Buchu, Mahalach with him, was also Me'alateva. Where do we see these things, Mefurish? We see them in the Beis HaLevi, Parshas Miketz. We all know the famous Rashi, Vahi Miketz Shnasayim Shano. At the end of two years, which means, when Yosef was in jail, he was actually required, he was actually the original plan was the whole two years already before that he should have been left leaving jail. But HaKadosh Buchu said, no, he needs to get a punishment two more years. And we know why. Because he begged the Saramashkin, please remember, even though all he did was speak, he didn't do such a crazy extreme ishtadlus. He just said, please don't forget me. Don't forget me when you leave that I was able to interpret your dream and, and maybe someone will need me one day and, and, and this way I'll be let out because they need a dream interpreter. And as a result, Hashem made the Saramashkim forget and only two years later was let out. The Beis Alevi asks, what do you mean? That's like basic Ishtadlus. He didn't even do much. All he said is, please don't forget me. Answers the Beis Alevi, the best is to have 100% Bitachon. When you have a very high level of Bitachon, then you don't need any Ishtadlus. The only reason we're allowed to do Ishtadlus, it's like Begedr Mitoch Shalol Ishma Bal Ishma. I'm really saying it in short, you should look at the base Halevi inside, but at the end of the day, his Yesoid, and that's what I want to bring home over here, is the following. The more Bitochlin a person has, the less Ishtadlus HaKadosh Buch Hu expects him to, to do. And therefore, Yosef was in such a high level Bitochlin that even this minuscule amount of speech to tell to the Sama Mishkin, please, by the way, don't forget me. Even that was too much for Yosef. Which, by the way, is a Gilui. It reveals to us what a high level of Bitochon Yosef had, according to this book of the Beis Alevi. I want to end off with a, sto- with a story I heard from Rabbi Kron. I think it's an unbelievable story that brings home the point for a person to go beyond his nature, beyond his Teva, to do Ratzon Hashem which obviously the engine for that is 100% bitachon in the Kaddish Buchu, no matter at what point in your life you're holding. The story goes like this. I don't know how many years ago this occurred, but I think it was a couple years ago, there's a family from Harnov that doesn't have a lot of money, a very organized family, 
And they planned a trip to the Tzafon, to the north, in Eretz Yisrael. Everything was very organized and structured and it had to be that way because they knew they have seven kids. If they don't have everything organized, including the snacks, and they won't all be prepared and known in advance, everyone will start crying. Let's buy from here. Let's go to this place, this supermarket, this restaurant. They said nothing. Everything's organized. We'll have a nice family trip, a bonding experience. Everything will be gishmak. And so too, the trip started. So they started driving. They rented a van from Kirat Safer. Their first stop was in Netanya on the beach, a very nice place. They had a picnic. And as they're starting to drive through Netanya to start going more north, suddenly one of the little kids is crying for the washroom. So they have no choice and they stop. It happens to be there was a good kosher restaurant right there. And they went into to this, uh, to this well-known restaurant. The mother, the, everyone waited in the car. The mother took one, the kid that needed to go to the washroom and she went in. As she walks in, and she was very uneasy about it, because we all know, especially in Eretz Yisrael, but everywhere in the world, the one thing restaurants can't take is when someone goes in and just uses their washroom. But they had no choice. So as the mother walks in, she was very reluctant to ask, but she asked the waiter, the first waiter, the waitress, she saw, please, can we use the washroom? I feel horrible, but we really need to use the washroom for this little kid. We don't have any other choice. So you could see the waitress was also very uneasy with her decision, but... She said, you know what, okay, but please do it really quickly. So the mother takes this kid to the washroom. And as she comes out, the head waiter comes and starts barking at her. You harating, all you do is take. What do you think this place is, a public washroom? As he's saying all this, the father with another kid came in because it was already taking a while for the mother to come back. And from the corner of his eye, he sees this waitress turning a bit red. He realized, I don't know how, but he realized that this waitress is the one that now is very worried because she let them in and she wasn't really supposed to let them in. And he was, he realized that, so he was worried for her. So he quickly tried to think fast and he said to himself, what would my Rosh Hashiva or my Mashgiach do in such a case? His Mashgiach was of Avram Danachovsky, which is huge, Ben Adam and on the fly, he went over to the head waiters and he said to him, Excuse me, sir, of course we're going to sit and have a meal over here. Just my little son really needed to go to the washroom. So he came first with his mother. That's all. He goes, Oh, I'm sorry, sir. I'm sorry, sir. How, how, how much? Uh, you want me to set up a table for you? He goes, Yeah, please. How, how many people? Nine people? Wow, okay, sorry, sir, okay, of course. So they set up this long table, nine people, seven kids. And quickly the mother hopped, what's going on? So she went around to each kid and she said, listen, whatever, everyone just get a small dish and one drink. That's all. And so too, they were sitting down and they had the meal and everything was very nice. And suddenly, everyone heard something was going on in the kitchen. There was a lot of noise there. It was a big restaurant, many waiters. And suddenly, like five waiters comes marching down towards their table. One hand with a little ice cream, the other hand with a little piece of cake with those sparkling things that people do for birthdays, whatever they're called in English. And the father says, there must be a mistake. We didn't order any of this. But then one of the waiters tell him, tells him, no, 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 this is for you. He goes, why? So he says, I'll tell you the truth. This waitress... 
Everyone knows what happened. This waitress was in the kitchen and she was crying. She couldn't catch her breath. She was crying so much because she says this is the first time someone really did so much for me. I know this family. I saw them. There was no way they were planning to come and eat here. They don't have the money for this. But they didn't want, they were so worried for me, what was going to happen for me, because I allowed them to come in to use the washroom, that they want to protect me. And because they, all they cared about was me, that no one else did in such a way before in my life, they were willing to give up of whatever was important for them and to have a meal over here, just so that I'll be okay. And everyone was so moved by that, that all the waiters decided to pitch in and to get this ice cream and cake. Everyone was very moved, everything was gishmak. But this is not the end of the story. Later on, 10 minutes later, they get the bill. And in the bill, the only thing that it says is 50% off on the ne- in the next time you come to this restaurant. So the father said, well, he called the manager this time, not the head waiter, but the manager. And he said to him, excuse me, what is this? Well, what do you mean? What about this time? So the manager says, no, this time you don't have to pay. He says, what do you mean we don't have to pay? People pay here. Why don't we have to pay? So the manager says, people pay. But Melachim, angels, don't pay. So why am I bringing this story? Because I think this story brings home the point that a person like this family were able to go above and beyond nature. They didn't know how they were going to pay for it. They didn't know at the end they, weren't, they weren't, wouldn't need to pay for it. But they were able to go above and beyond nature. Why? Because they had this engine within them that instantly they thought, whoa, what's Atzon Hashem? What's their tool and clean to know what Atzon Hashem is? His Rosh Hashiva, his Mashiach. What would he do in such a case? That is the way he realized what's Atzon Hashem. And he just blindly jumped into that matzah, to that situation to do Atzon Hashem. Yiratzoin, that we'll all be able to work on ourselves. And of course, there's levels. No one's expected to have 100% bitachon instantly. But we have to strive for that. And when you know where you're striving, you can get closer and closer. Yiratzoin will be able to get closer to HaKadosh Buchu by having more bitachon and mimele the automatic ripple effect will be that also HaKadosh Baruch will treat us above nature. Have a good chance. Thank you for joining us. This is the Prism of Torah. Visit our website, prismoftorah.com, where you'll find a full archive of hundreds of past every Torah. Subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review, And don't forget to share with your friends and family. Sponsorship opportunities are available for all of our episodes. Thank you, Yonavefa, for your recording equipment. Produced by Ellie Podcast Productions.